Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Good morning. How's everybody doing? It's so good to be here in the house of the Lord with you and worshiping our God and just gathering our hearts and just praising His name. And now is the time to study the Word of God together. You know, we've been studying and learning and how we are to make our life together. Everybody says make our life together. Because that's our theme for 2020, isn't it? The main purpose of a whole series Everything that we've been learning that goes toward how we can go back to the God's blueprints, the original blueprints of the early church. What are the ways that we can go back? What are the instructions that we can learn from that first blueprint of the church? And we've been learning that blueprint by looking at the one of the scripture that is taken from the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. There are the great instructions of the blueprints of the, how church should be doing that is also found in the verse 42 and verse 43 through 47. As when you do that, when you follow these instructions or the, the blueprints, what's going to happen to that church? So let's read it all together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Amen. You can see these four essence or principles from this blueprint, if you will. Last three weeks, we've been talking about first three, right? And how we are to devote ourselves to the Word of God. The second, how we are to commit our life on the mission of God. And then last Sunday, Pastor Chan also delivered us the message about how we are to live together as we are having Christ-like fellowship and as we are concluding our sermon series, I'd like to speak on the subject of prayer. And my message for uh, the, today's uh, sermon is life together in prayer. Would you say that with me? Life together in prayer. And as I begin, I have a few questions that I'd like to ask you. Okay? The question that I was asked during my citizenship interview so it's related to the nation of America, related to the government and history. I've got four questions. So if you have become citizens recently, like someone like that, Kyung, Pilsu, you know, they all became citizens. We forgot praising God for them. So give them a round of applause. <laughs> and including myself and Mina. We'll just mute ourselves, okay? Those who are born here, let's see. How you guys can answer this? Now, this is the first question. The idea of self-government is in the first three words of the Constitution. What are these words? We the people. Praise God. Okay, this is an easier one. All right, let's get a little harder. Okay, the answer was what? We the people. Now, the second question. How many amendments does the Constitution have? Anybody? Raise your hand if you know. 26. 26, close. 31 is way beyond. <laughs> oh, my Lord. 27. Now, you'll never forget this, okay? We have a 27 amendments in our Constitution. Now, this is the third question. Under our Constitution, some powers belong to the state. What is one power of the state? Anybody? 
right for right education. Perfect. What was the other one? That, that's one of them. Thank you. And any other ones? Freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is not in the state. It's actually in our constitution. Self-government is in the Constitution, I believe. All right, these are the answers. Provide the schooling and education, like Miko said, and provide protection, police, fire department, and issuing and giving driver's license, and approving zoning and landing. Okay? Now, I'm sure this one, many of you will know and get it. The last question is this. When was the Declaration of Independence adapted? What was the month? July, what was the date? Fourth, what was the year? 17, somebody says 19? 1776. Then when was the Constitution was, uh, was written? 1780? Somebody got that right. 1787. Okay. These are the few questions out of 100. I, I feel like I know more about the history and government than you. Feel great. Why I asked you this, why I got all these questions, because as I was preparing this sermon on prayer, I feel like our life as a Christian, okay, when it comes to the matter of prayer, it's more like that. You know, we're all Americans. We're, we have this privilege to be born here, getting citizenship of America, while someone like me had to wait and work hard, study hard, and for over 10 years, decades, okay? It's such a great privilege that you are living and holding the citizenship of the nation, which is one of the most powerful and influential all of the world. But if you're honest with me, you know your privilege. You take for granted, but you don't really know how to maximize and utilize your citizenship to do the common greater good for the community and nation. Amen? Probably all you think is, okay, do the both. Voting, get the right person. There are more than that. Likewise, God has given us this great citizenship. That is from the heaven, the kingdom of God. Amen. And one of the greatest power and tools that God has given us is a prayer. We know the power of prayer. We know we're privileged. We're blessed. But if you're honest with me, we don't really know how to maximize the power that God has given us. We just take for granted we don't even know how to apply that to our prayer life. It's like my daughter, Grace. She's a year and a half. She loves my iPhone. But for her, iPhone is a simple device that she can watch her own videos that we took for her. She loves just flipping over and watching videos and pictures. While iPhone to me is a significant, I can do anything. I can do any ministry to my phone. Same thing goes with the, my laptop. For Grace, the laptop, my laptop, it's just device and means for her to watch those YouTube videos. Like Baby Shark, or if you're happy and you know it, right? While myself, including all of you, you can do your ministry, business, anything with a computer. Why? Because we know the importance. We know how to utilize those devices. While she knows she likes it, but she does not know how to utilize it. She does not know how to maximize that device. I'm afraid to say that many people consider the prayer as like a big Tylenol or an aspirin pill in your life. You don't 
bother to look for it until you feel something is wrong in your life. You don't bother to seek out to it until there is a pain in your life. Somebody considered prayer as if a spare tire of your car. Until something major happened to your life, you don't even bother to look it up and access it. Our prayer should be the steering wheel of our life instead of sparing tire. Amen? If someone says this statement, and I cannot agree no more, the statement is this. If you only pray when you are in trouble, you're really in trouble. You get it? If you are praying, if you're only praying and you're in trouble, that means you are really in trouble. That's why I like to take the rest of the time to study the Word of God, to find out the more meaning on the subject of prayer. The privilege and power that God has given us, that we all know it, that we all enjoy doing it, what without knowing how to do it exactly. We cannot maximize the power. We cannot maximize the power like dynamite power. The greatest passage that we can find, that we can learn and how to pray is from the Gospel of John. I'm sorry, the first John, chapter 5 and verse 14. We can read it all together. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What John is talking about here? He's talking about prayer, isn't it? He's saying that if you are asking anything according to his will, it will be given to you. In other words, he answers all those prayers. I mean, it seems pretty simple and straightforward, doesn't it? But if you are honest with me, many Christians, they misinterpret this passage, misunderstood and misapplied this verse to your prayer life. What do I mean by that? Well, this is how it normally goes. Pastors, even preachers, and all those leaders of the Bible study, even yourself, studying this first, highlight it, and you have a tendency to focus on these two words. The two words are, ask anything. We like those words, don't we? Ask anything. We focus on those two words, and they will say, you see, this is what the Bible said. Bible says, ask for anything. I mean, you need a new car, you need a Mercedes, ask for it. And if you need a bigger house, just ask for it. If you need a better job with a great salary and pay, just ask for it. As long as you have enough faith. You see, that's the kicker. As long as you have enough faith, you have a belief, you ask for whatever that you want, and it will be given to you. But if you don't get what you ask for, too bad. It's your fault. Because you don't have enough faith. You heard about that? It's also, in other words, a prosperity gospel. What's the problem with that? What's the problem with this statement? You know, this is not in line with the Word of God. This is not John says in here in this passage. As much as these two words, ask anything, are important, I believe there are two words more important that we have to focus on them. These are His will. Amen to that. His will. These two words make all the difference. These two words make difference in your prayer life. Now, prayer life is not that you name it, claim it, and it will be yours. The prayer is no longer just such a simple transaction between you and God. Or the prayer is not just a blank check 
that's given by God. All right, God, whatever I write down here a month, that'll be mine. No. And this towards his will also teaches us prayer is not about what we want. It is about what God wants in your life. This is an amazing promise. And this promise also leads us to question then how how we are to pray according to his will. What is his will? There's a great passage which is taken from the Gospel of John chapter 15, verse 7. Would you read it with me? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is another amazing statement. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. You see, the same as in 1 John chapter 5, verse 17. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And in this passage, I particularly love the one word. That is abide. Everybody says abide. You know, the abide is also, it came from the Greek word, mino. Mino means remain, but precisely, it means more like dwell and reside. Where the word residence from. I want you to think about your residence right now. Think about your home. Think about the place that you are living and staying. I'm sure that most of us like our home, don't we? Because our home is where we can feel most comfort. When you go home, what do you do? You take off your shoes, take off your socks, get yourself changed, and get the relaxed and time and moment of peace and comfort. That's the home. Home is a place of safety. Home is a place of your comfort. And home is where your mind and heart is. What Jesus is saying here from this Gospel of John chapter 15, he says, if you reside in me, in other words, if you make yourself in home, if you make yourself home in me, okay, if you feel most comfortable in me, if you feel most peaceful, if you feel most security in me, not from your money, not from your education, not from your own children, by doing how? By letting the word of God take a residence in you. By the, take the word of God, taking permanent residence in the midst of your life. Then whatever that you ask, it will be done for you. Let me give you two wills of God. Then we can learn more about those wills that we can apply to our lives. Now, first will of God is called God's will of command. It's called also God's released will. Everybody says, God's released will. As simple it is. This will of God has been released, already released out to you. Okay, this can be found throughout the entire Bible. Loving one another as yourself, forgiving your enemies and repenting, living a holy life, trusting in Him, making disciples and giving thanks in all circumstances. There are some of the great examples what God has already revealed to you. Right? The first passage that I can give you in more detail is this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. I know many of you even memorized this. 
Give thanks in all circumstances for this is what? The will of God. Right? Putting the passages together, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1 John 5. Now, how you pray? You pray according to the will of God. What is the will of God? One of the will from God is what? Give thanks. That's why you have to give thanks when you pray at first, regardless of your circumstances. If you're doing great, you feel like God's been overshowering you with all the blessings, then praise God because of it. Perhaps if you feel like walking on the shadow of valley of death, if you're going through a very tough time, still you need to praise God because God can use that circumstance and make the impossible possible. And sometimes God can't even just say no, letting that circumstance as it is. And redeem that circumstance or know of God to do the greater goods according to his will. That's why we have to pray according to the will of God. The second passage is this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. You can read it all together. For this is the will of God for your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, what we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why? Because this is the will of God. Make your body, your physical body as a temple of God. There are a lot of temptations, a lot of distractions, especially related to sexual immorality. Pray every day, in and out. Let the protection of God will be upon you. Pray to God because this is the will of God. These are some of the many, many examples that you can find in the Bible when it comes to God's revealed will. And that's why it is important that you read your Bible. I got only two amens. Can I, can I get an amen on that? Amen. It's important to read the Bible. You need to get the Word of God in you and learn what the will of God. And it's that confidence, according to John, if you have and understand and discern what the will of God, if you pray that way, you know what? You have this confidence that God is going to answer your prayers. Think about this. I mean, imagine a child coming to your parents, saying, Mommy and Daddy, teach me how to love you more. Help me obey you. And show me the things in my life that are harmful and teach me how to let those things go. Think about that. If your kids are coming to you and ask those questions, and I'm sure if Grace ever came to me and asked these questions, I'll be thrilled thrilled to teach her and she will be guaranteed have all she asked for. You see, that's how you pray according to the word of God. To stay in the word of God and make yourself home in the word of God. Make yourself feel and most comfortable and safe there in the word of God. I mean, saying it's easy. And what your spiritual life in terms of staying in the word of God I'm going to challenge you. Do you have a many Bible that has become the one of the souvenir or statues or decoration at your home? You ever actually took the dust off from your Bible? You ever feel guilty when you look at the side of the Bible? There seems to be no, no darkness. It looks like it's brand new. I mean, it takes the discipline, but there is a truth and answer. If you want your prayers to be answered, 
stay on the word of God. Make the permanent residence in God through the word of God. The second lesson is this. Second will of God is God's sovereign will. It is also called hidden will. This is really what makes our prayer life difficult. Sometimes make our prayer life frustrating. You guys ever felt that? I mean, it's great if you just got all our prayers answered. You guys ever answered prayers, experienced that? It's an amazing experience. feels like we're walking on the miracle. We're walking on these blessings of God. But on the other hand, you ever experienced you've been praying and praying and praying? And it seems like there's nothing to be um, you know, answered. It seems like God is telling you no. Without knowing the will of God, it's so difficult. God tells me what your plans for my life, which job you want me to get, and what kind of house do I need to get, and what kind of spice do I need, spouse do I need to get. Tell me so I can actually hold on to them, and I will pray for them. But think about that with me. It is this hidden will of God. If that reveals to you everything, wouldn't you be just surprised and shocked and scared by it? God, show all your hidden wills. Or God, show your all unrevealed hidden wills. And then I'm sure I'll be, I'll be scared and I'll be running out of it. I don't know about you, but if God showed me his plan upon my life 10 years ago, what's going to happen? And I don't think I'll be able to take that pass. If God ever told me that, David, I'm going to have you as my servant and pastor. I said, that's great. But there's a kicker, okay? You don't just go to the seminary and getting all this degree and be a pastor. No, you're going to be actually having some physical trials. The trials that will hurt you and hurt your mother. The trials that make you, um, you know, very restricted in your life. The trials that make you give up all your previous dreams for three years. And then I'll send you, I'll, I'll take you to the America with that condition where the health insurance is perhaps worst possible, and just be there, survive. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to give you enough funds. Okay, so you have to pray, you have to ask for it, find yourself. You have to probably get it like all this second and third job. Oh, by the way, you're not going to be on the pastor of all this uh, Korean church, that you can be good at it because you can speak in Korean and English. No, I'm going to give you this American local church. If I knew that, <laughs> I would say, no, no thank you. I'll be running away from that path. Isn't that one of the reasons that God has this hidden will? Because we cannot deal with that. We don't have this intellectual, emotional capacity, whatever capacity, you name it, to comprehend His will. That's why we have all these hidden wills. And sometimes because of God's hidden will, then we consider that as a no from God. This unanswered prayers. Let's be honest and realistic. Think about that. You know, you are asking for a job. Now you are praying. Because you've been laid off for over a year. Or perhaps your current job is not to the point that sustains even your family. Provides food and basic necessities. So you just pray to God, Lord, just give me the better job. I'm not asking for this great job. This job enough to sustain my family. And I don't think it's against your will. 
right? Because you want my kids to be fed. You want my whole family to be survive. Just give me that job. And then the answer seems to be no. And for the majority of us, well, we usually say, we say, how in the world, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you answer my prayers? I thought it's just fair deal. It's not even against your will. Why didn't you say? Or perhaps it's your marriage. Your relationship has been broken. And there is a tension hurting each other between spouse and husband. And what you're praying, what you guys are praying is, Lord, I want this biblical marriage. I want God-honoring marriage. Then you pray over and over and over again. But there seems like no answer to you. And you're like, God, isn't that fair deal? It's not against your will. Why wouldn't you restore my relationship? I thought it was the will according to your will. And perhaps it's your sickness or illness that you or your families are going through. And you're praying, Lord, would you heal me? Lord, would you heal my dad, my mom, my cousin, or my son? And I don't think it's against your will because you want us to be healed. You want us to have this great life. We keep on praying and praying and praying. There seems to be no answer. And we say, how in the world you do that? It's not against your will. I pray hard and hard. I even witnessed that you healed that person. You answered some portion of my prayer. I mean, some prayers in my life. Why you said no to this? That's because of God's hidden will. And if you ask me, and why in the word, oh, specific detail, my answer is, I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I knew the answer. Why? In, in this case, in that case, in this case, in that case, why? I wish I knew. So I can look at you in your eyes and tell you, this is why you're not healed. This is why your marriage is broken. This is why your kids are sick. I wish I knew. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, sometimes no from God, and God can use that no to redeem and then also accomplish his will. Great example is taken from Gospel of Luke. And then after this, I'm going to invite you to this table, communion table. Gospel of Luke chapter 22, where Jesus Christ was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know this is famous praise, right? God and Jesus Christ says, Lord, please take this cup away from me, but not my will, but yours will be done. What's the first part that Jesus Christ said? He said, please take this cup away from me. What was the answer from God? No. No. That no from God led Jesus Christ going through all this pain and humiliation. That no from God led Jesus Christ even to the point that he crucified his own son. That no from God led Jesus Christ unto this death from this one of the most horrific you know, sentence that people ever get. But do you know that no from God also? Because of that no, this whole world was going to be redeemed. The redemption of God came from that no. So you never be discouraged. 
because you feel like you asked, you know, your God according to his will, but you never get that answer, or your answer seemed to be on hold forever, or you feel like you got that answer, but the answer was no, that's okay. Because as, pain, as painful as that was, God is going to be with you. God is feeling your pain right now. God is holding you up. And God says, David, I'm going to use that no as painful as I said. But I'll redeem that. I'll redeem it to accomplish greater goal according to my will. I know it's pain for your family. I know it's a pain for your life right now. But just hold on to this. Because I have a greater plan. And I'm going to be with you. Brothers and sisters, we learned today about importance of prayer. This is such a you know, general project and pro, you know, subject that we've been talking about. We know the importance of prayer. We're so blessed by this power of prayer. But not many of us know how to pray according to the will of God. Make sure to put yourself at home upon God by let the word of God be taking this permanent residence in your heart. Follow his will, revealed will, hidden will. Even God said no, honor that because God can use, God can redeem that no to accomplish his goal. His will, his greater plan. Can I get amen? Amen.